Hello, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. How's everybody doing? Um, I'm excited today. We're going all the way to Los Angeles. So today I'm speaking to Diana Ganem, a founder of Night Swimwear Brand, which is a conscious leisure brand rooted in respecting the planet and its people. Um, they're based all the way in Los Angeles. So um, we are virtually traveling there. Um, I'm looking forward to this interview. So basically, Night, Night Swim Brand was pretty much inspired by Diana's shared values in sustainability and ethical practices. Um, I can't wait for you to listen to the conversation in terms of the inception of um, the brand. And just to remind you of why we have all these um, interviews, really the intention is just to bring awareness of sustainable brands globally and to highlight to you um, some of the options that are out there in terms of buying um, sustainably if you would like to buy something um, ethically made or um, vegan made or just, you know, um, any product that is just friendly to um, the planet. And even if it's just this, this slot um, just brings in um, awareness and helps all of us to shop uh, consciously, I think we would have achieved um, much more than we've set for, you know. And even if you don't want to shop mainstream anymore, um, or if you still would like to continue shop mainstream, um, I beg your pardon, if you would still like to shop mainstream, um, it's just the slot is really intended just to bring um, awareness of that information as you shop, as you, um, you know, go about in terms of how you would normally um, enjoy um, your products. Um, it's really just, just to bring that awareness. I thought it's just most of the time you hear people saying that um, I would like to shop um, uh, sustainably, but, you know, there are no brands. Like, where's all the sustainable fashion brands, you know? And um, that's that's what the slot is intended to do, just to highlight that they are there. Um, and we we go all around the world just really speaking to some of our favorites, some of the beautiful, um, interesting, beautifully made um, uh, sustainable brands. So, yeah, so we'll be speaking to Diana um, up next. Before we speak to Diana, I just wanted to jump in and tell you about what I'm loving this month, which is a brand called Plasticity based in South Africa. Plasticity is a sustainable brand which makes upcycle home decor and lifestyle accessories, creating beauty from plastic waste. They make handbags to baskets. They are just absolutely gorgeous. Um, my favorite being a makeup bag. I love it because it's so versatile. You could literally use it as a, a clutch. You could run errands with it. Um, it's just so, the finishing is beautiful. Um, I particularly love the black one. So head over to their website, plasticity.co.za to have a look of what I'm talking about. Um, or you could go into our platform on faura.com. You are absolutely going to love them. And here's Diana Apps next. I 
such a nice day there. It's so cold in South Africa. It's like the coldest week. We're in the oh, midst no. of winter. Yes, it's so cold. So I'm oh, so I jealous. Think you're wearing like a turtle. <laughs> <and everything. laughs> yes, yes. So cold. Okay, so let me start just in case it just takes for like we have connection issues. But thank you so much. Uh, this is so much fun. I absolutely, absolutely love your brand. I mean, when I was looking at it, I just, I kept on feeling like I, I wish I could just feel it. It just looks so soft. It is, you know, I, oh. I love my, um, my fabrics. I definitely, that's what I, I'm a big girl on fabrics. Like for me, that's everything. That's so nice. So anyway, so I, I was keen on knowing your sustainable journey. Like how did this come about for you? I know with me, for example, I discovered the whole um, sustainability when I was doing my honors. Literally before then, I didn't even know anything about it and um, only came across it when I was doing my thesis was in um, secondhand clothing. And my supervisor was like, oh, so you want to do sustainable fashion? So I'm like, sustainable fashion, what, what, is, what is that? She was just like, okay, maybe read out about sustainable fashion, slow fashion and all those things. And then less than we'll formulate the topic. So that's how I came into it. How did you come into it? Oh man. I, it was a long journey, to be honest. I was always into fashion. I went to fashion school. Uh, and it wasn't until I would say I started working. Like, I was working for other people for about 12 years. And then I think it was just, like, I started realizing while I was working how it wasn't uh, responsible, you know, for many reasons. I, I, I feel like there was too many reasons I can start listing them. But one of them was mostly, like, on the price points, And I would see how much... The brand marks it up and how much the retailer marks it up but then i was negotiating i was responsible for negotiating prices as well and i just thought it was so unfair mm. or just like the amount of product that we were pushing and pushing and pushing and it was like i, I don't know it just didn't seem like us it didn't make sense in my mind mm. to be honest mm. oh, okay so, no. yeah it was a long journey i'm so I'm sorry i'm trying to I don't know what's wrong with it, but I'm going to stop video. If that's okay. okay. Let me also stop just in case it just pushes us a little longer. All right. Yeah. And I love how you are so transparent on your side about just the journey and like how everything else, like in terms of your texture, that sort of textile in terms of, um, you know, what the, the dime process that you guys use, you know, it's not a lot of brands that are just like that specific. Normally people are just saying, Oh, we're sustainable and you know, we care for the environment, but they can't really, they, I think they feel very anxious to actually um, name how they are going about it. Yeah. I mean, transparency, for me is kind of important because I did see like, you know, right now it's like the buzzword, you know, sustainability. And mm. I feel like so many people were jumping on it as a trend. But for me, it really was never a trend even before. I mean, now I, it took me years to really source and develop like materials to be sustainable and try to be as responsible. But I thought like the only way that I can communicate my how I am operating is by being transparent, you know? Mm. And I think that's part of also empowering, uh, like, the consumer. It's, if they, the more information they have, the more, uh, the wiser decisions I think they'll make. And so for me, that, I mean, it's important to, I think not just for me, but for everyone to be as transparent as possible. And, you know, even in fashion, it's always been like a hush-hush, um, 
industry where you yeah. shouldn't share like who's doing your product yeah you shouldn't share where you're getting your fabric from and i get it it's like you don't want to give away your your secrets your, you know like your secret ingredients mm. and your recipe but at some point it's like okay what do we choose like it's such a competitive market but are we putting you know our own egos in front of like what is right for the environment and for the people to make the choices they need to be making. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, even though it was hard, you know, and I didn't want to give up my information just because I, you know, at, at first I thought like, well, this is kind of a, I'm giving away my secret, but mm. I don't, I don't think that anymore. Yeah. And I think that's for a long time. That's how we, most people or you know all of us in sustainability that's how we used to see it because you just feel like mm -hmm. if i tell people that you know i've used the fabric and this is the you know the combination of whatever you know um where you sourced it and everything then everybody's gonna go there you know it's just kind of like it's yeah. just, it feels like it defeats the purpose of then making yourself unique you know exactly exactly but then i mean that's also it's like that it does defeat the purpose you think that's what you think you know but in reality like when you go past that it's like it's really your essence the brand of the essence that's distinguishable yeah um, and if somebody yeah. wants to come in and copy or you know use the same materials like you know you just keep going forward you don't have to focus on all that yeah yeah and i also enjoyed the fact that you know um, i was keen to hear your thoughts on the fact that uh the collection is just in a way as well, like it's loungewear. And I think now loungewear is just so huge. And I think it's just so timely that it worked out for you. How did, like, how did the brand, you know, do during this COVID time? Yeah, well, and I even, like, I always heard of loungewear. And <laughs> for me, I'm like, ah, you know, like, I don't even know if I like the term. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> No, no, no. It's the technical way to say it. You know, that's the that's the category in which I am in. Mm. But for me, I made Night Swim be a brand that was a lifestyle brand that really encompassed like my own lifestyle, which was travel and beach and leisure and like a slower pace. So I decided to change it to leisure wear instead of lounge wear. I don't know if that's <laughs> right. going to catch on or not. But in my mind, I'm like, I do this for leisure. Like you could be anywhere. Like you could, you know, whatever you consider leisure wear, you could do it. Like I've seen people do yoga mm, in my clothes. Yeah. Like, you know, or like lounge at home. So I guess it does in a way make sense to me. Yeah. But during COVID, I mean, just, like everyone else, I think it was like a really tough time financially mm. and like for the structure of the business to keep going. I was always doing a wholesale business mm. and, you know, retail stores closed and all, and in return, like also my orders got delayed or canceled. So that mm. was really scary. But um, it made me just really uh, realize like I need to obviously connect more with my audience directly yeah. yeah and I also want to I had always wanted to do um in person like I had done a lot of pop-ups and a lot of like uh you know one-on-ones where we get to chat or meet people and I did that the summer before COVID hit and for that for 2020 my focus was going to be doing these night swim sessions like gatherings mm. but everything was on hold so I just, you know, part of me was like, oh my God, what am I going to do now? Like that was the plan. 
but now it made me really even more eager to pursue these gatherings and I just started yeah. doing them in person I was doing them um over yeah over like virtual so now I'm really happy that we're in California at least we're able like most people are vaccinated so we're able to connect mm. in person mm. but yeah it, I mean it, it made me definitely slow down a lot more and reassess the structure of the business mm. yeah yeah, no, that's, it's, I, I just felt like it just worked out because that's just where, you know, everybody's interest is. And I love the slip dresses. I, they're just so beautiful. The shots. And I think particularly for like LA weather, the shots are just so yeah. relevant, you know? Thank you. It's yeah, so hopefully pretty. in uh, your part of the world in South Africa. Soon <laughs> One enough. day. Oh, gosh, COVID. It's so, it's funny how it used to be like, oh, of course, you know, but now it's like oh, one day, you know? Oh, gosh. We just don't know, you know? Hopefully by end of next year, we should feel free again. I mean, I guess most people now are feeling free, but we've just had our third wave. So oh, we're back home again. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah Hopefully and this could all pass yeah this will pass nightmare, you know? oh gosh gosh but how then is it easier than to run a sustainable brand in LA I mean one would imagine and it's probably just like our stereotype or an assumption where you just feel like LA is just not so like sustainable it's just so like you know all about material and looking fancy yeah mm. yeah. yeah no I get you so I split my time between Costa Rica and Los mm. Angeles. I moved away. I used to live in Los Angeles. I moved away. And I absolutely can see where you're coming from and, you know, and seeing what L.A. is. But a lot of the manufacturing is done in Los Angeles. Oh. And, yeah, so that's the nice part. And, you know, I've worked in business here locally. So for me, it was almost like a no-brainer to manufacture locally mm -hmm. that way I can really see what like firsthand how the factories are doing what they're doing how they're treating people and most of my fabric is locally too like mm -hmm. my mills are here so mm -hmm. you know that also helps in as far as like you know the fabric is sourced here and then it goes directly to the dye house and it goes directly to the manufacturers so everything's local so in that sense, you know, I'm not shipping from like material from India and it's arriving in Los Angeles and then I'm shipping to manufacture in, you know, in China or in mm, Mexico. Yeah. So in that way, it's really sustainable, I think, um, all contrary to like what people might imagine of Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. And um and then so what inspired the whole idea? I mean, you probably get asked this uh, like a whole lot, but it's just interesting to want to find out, you know, what inspired the whole thing. Why um leisure wear rather than um you know I don't know like couture or something like that. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, so I was like I said in Los Angeles, and it's also really casual. Uh, I would say city mm. in general and it's mostly like you know contemporary women's contemporary that's how I worked and and for me I always had this dream of living like in the tropical paradise like beach lifestyle and I got into the swimwear world um mm. and I was really you know that's where I found found my connection between like the fashion world and then 
my dream of being in this paradise. So it was like the perfect merge. And so after that, I really wanted to enter the swimwear market, but Mm. it's just so saturated. And I said, obviously for some, like I want to enter it, but I need to be very strategic about it. And something that is not just swimwear because it's such a niche market. Mm -hmm. And so I introduced, you know, like what I technically do wear in my everyday life. Like, you know, most, if you go to a resort or if you, like, I do live that lifestyle now where I get to be in a tropical paradise and I get to be in the city. So I think a lot of it was influenced by my own like lifestyle Mm -hmm. and what I feel like is possible to wear you know like super lightweight breathable cotton organic cotton and like these roomy like pants and a lot of it yeah like I said it was just a merge between like what I was practicing in Los Angeles as a contemporary like women's wear merchandiser and then my lifestyle so just it was like the perfect flow for me yeah to go into this yeah and And I I think and I also think that it's it was quite, I mean, it probably came, you know, on, authentically for you, but I think it was quite smart as well, in a sense that it was just not like just swimwear alone, you know, it's just like a combination and variety within the same family though. So I think that also brings in a different kind of customer who, um, you know, like now who enjoys, you know, like leisure wear rather than um, you know, just only bikinis or now, even when you, I guess, off season in terms of, um, the weather changing and nobody's really going to the beach you can you know come in for like a nice slip dress or something yeah exactly like for for example like swimwear it's very niche and you only tend to shop it in summertime yeah know? yeah so for me it's like, okay i introduced like the terry material you know it's a little cozier you can be in home and it's more temp like the you know the climate is it's in at least in california it's more temperate temperable so yeah. it's it's nice to have those pieces where you know you're transitioning into fall and you can still like put on a robe and such so it's a, yeah for me it was I didn't want to just have swimwear I mean I love swimwear and I live in a bikini most of the year but I like big picture I think you know it's it's something that you can use everywhere yeah. like inside the home and you know when you're going on vacation etc yeah and and how and how many times do you like introduce like new um, i don't want to say collection because it sounds like you know like every i don't know six weeks you're introducing something new which is obviously not sustainable but like how many times do you revisit in terms of bringing in something new yeah that's been something really interesting um i don't you know when i went into this business of my having my own brand i always said I'm not going to play by the rules. Yeah. It's normal in fashion industry. And like I said, back in the day when I was employed by a brand, we were pushed to have like a crazy amount of like item styles. So mm-hmm. I would say anywhere from 500 to 1,000 in a month, which to me just seemed like extreme. So now I really focus on sharing like capsule collections. Mm-hmm. And for me, I launched one and I made those styles specifically like as timeless as possible so that mm-hmm. they could be worn like yeah. a year from yeah. now, two years from now, three years from now. And so my goal is to just have that one and add items to it. So now I've had another, I would say, 
I don't even want to say collection because it's really add-ons mm. to existing styles. So, like, for example, you know, like, one of my bestsellers is the wrap top. Well, I said, what else could go with the wrap top? What complements it? And then I added, like, a short and then a pant, you know? Mm. So everything's still one big collection, I would say. Mm. But, like, the colors, new colors were introduced, new fabric was introduced, and new styles. So my my idea is instead of having, like, most people or most friends just get rid of their old collections so Mm -hmm. I don't want to make anyone feel like when they buy night swim there's you know it fits into oh this season or okay next year it's not relevant Mm -hmm. and instead have them add on to what's existing in their closet and almost like reviving that outfit you know that they used to wear last summer but now like if you add a top to it that's in that same color Mm -hmm. but it's a new style at least you're reviving what's in your closet and for me that totally is huge in sustainability like yeah. we've been trained as consumers like you know our clothes is has a line a time you know a timeline and yeah. that I do not agree with I was um prior to working for a brand I was also a trend forecaster yeah and it was really interesting to see how well, at that point, how we trained the consumer to feel that (laughs) what they wore last month is not cool anymore. And I mean, I I only know this because I was working there, you know, and I don't like I I don't want to make people feel that and I don't want people to get rid of their clothing Mm -hmm. as quick as they are. So that's part of the reason why I, I kind of refuse to have collections every season or every month for that matter yeah and i oh, i love what you're saying in terms of you know how you're adding on just like a just shorts or just like a kimono over it or something like that because i mm-hmm. think generally that's how we should be you know conducting ourselves when it comes to our wardrobe you know you don't have to go yeah. maybe we should be tying in things together within that same family and just like adding on to build a story um, rather than like you know studying a complete new um, uh, like I don't know grab a new outfit something that is just completely different to what you have um, yeah exactly. yeah I agree with that yeah totally yeah uh, yeah it just, I just had a light bulb moment that I'm saying you know just another reminder of actually how you're doing it that's just a perfect way of just showing someone to you know this is how for me as a stylist like this is how you just should be shopping that's like you know you add on maybe stay in the same family of color or whatever it is but anyway Uh yeah Uh and um so the other so before i get to the one question that i wanted to ask you um and in your part of the world like what are some of the challenges that you would like that you've experienced in terms of building a sustainable brand Oh boy. <laughs> I know. It's a big question. But, yeah, I see there's tons of challenges. Mm. Uh, I sometimes I even question myself like why did I choose this path? You know, it's such a mm. in, like a difficult path when I used to just be able to be like I used to see how easy it is not to be sustainable, but yeah, I admitted yeah. to this. Because like a lot So yeah, so sorry that I just wanted to say because it feels like with sustainability, it feels like we're studying everything afresh. Like, whatever you want to do, 
it's just like such a challenge to try and figure out if I wanted this type of fabric, okay, where would I get it? And who has it or who manufactured it? Like everything, it just feels like you're starting afresh. Yeah. I mean, I always say like, I'm in the front lines. I was in the front lines and it's like a battlefield and you have to like push your way. And I, and as a small brand, like even in the beginning, you know, like you don't have the resources to like put all of this effort into research. So you yeah. got to work with what you have. And I mean, in the beginning, for example, you know, I was saying, I don't want to use, like, I want to use organic cotton mm. and I wanted a French terry. I know specifically what I wanted, but I would source, like, I would knock on so many doors looking for the specific fabric mm. and people would just be like, sorry, it's not possible. It's not possible. It's not like, we don't have that. We don't have that. And so I ended up having to develop my own fabric with one of the uh, fabric suppliers that I have. And I'm so thankful for them because, you know, they did work with me on that, on like the development, even if I was like a small brand. And mm -hmm. obviously, like when you develop a new fabric, there's a lot of resources that go into monetary and then also research. So for me, that was an important um asset that I needed to focus on mm. but now like fast forward two three years and I see those fabrics in the showrooms mm. and I'm like oh my god if it was that easy back then you know <laughs> so in a way I was like why did I I, I, I did start a little I want to say early but it wasn't early I think it was for me when I needed to start my company but I mean everything even like dyeing the fabrics oh. you know we played the natural natural dyes and we had so many difficulties trying to get that down um we still do like we still don't have that mm. um I, I mean they're infinite also like the structuring you know at first I wanted to do cut inventory and then I realized like that's not sustainable because then when you're left with inventory you're mm. pushing sales and you're pushing people to buy when in reality like, I don't want people to consume, 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 consume. I yeah. want them to be responsible consumers. And if I'm not doing that in my business, and if I'm just pushing, pushing, pushing to buy, 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 like, I'm not doing my part. So even re I had to restructure that internally and say, like, okay, well, I shouldn't carry stock because then I'm reliable. I'm, you know, I'm reliable for this. And mm -hmm. so I went and I did, um, I moved on my, my, factory and I'm doing like in-house sewing now on demand oh. which is a huge challenge of course with timeline and it just depends because I'm selling you know directly to the consumer now and I'm selling to the, the store so a lot of the orders get backed up and, and that's a huge challenge now I'm like reassessing the best way to provide the customer service and mm -hmm. on-time mm -hmm. deliveries but also not be detrimental to the environment that's yeah. also another uh way to say that it's been a huge challenge yeah i mean even like i mean there's so many to be honest like i could continue even like sourcing you know when i did prints and just i know that like the easiest way to print on the fabric that i had at that time was like sublimation and i couldn't i i just couldn't do it because of the water waste and like all of this stuff so I said okay well you know I have to it's also like matching the type of printing to the right accurate uh fabric yeah. so that you can something that's long lasting and it won't wash away or that the images aren't distorted 
So, I mean, there's so much technical difficulties and challenges, um, mm. and it's almost like problem solving all the time. Mm. But big picture, I think, has been, you know, being in the front lines of constantly, you know, finding the most sustainable option. And that isn't the norm, and mm. that isn't the majority. So options are limited and resources are limited. Uh, but I mean, I'm committed to it, even if it's, and also pricing, um, yeah. fortunately, because there isn't a huge demand for it yet. Prices has, haven't dropped, and I, I don't expect them to drop, but I do hope that people understand, you know, uh, cheap fashion is cheap for a reason, and there's somebody else paying for it. Like, yeah. the cost of what you wear, you're not, I mean, yes, you're saving dollars, but someone else is you know, paying for that, even Mm. if it's by their labor or, or whatnot. So, yeah, I think the consumer not understanding that, unfortunately, it costs more, um, has been a challenge. And hopefully, when there is a bigger demand, prices should drop because, you know, the resources won't be limited as far as like research and development. Yeah. So, Hopefully, it, I mean, I ho- I see that it's turning around and people are more and more understanding what sustainability is, which is exciting and really yeah, good. It's exciting. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. And I think the, some of the challenges that you mentioned is like mostly some, even on our side in South Africa, um, you know, that's some of the things that some of the designers would say, you know, um, from just trying to find the best fabric to you know, how to handle that fabric and not even waste the fabric and all those things. Yeah. It's just, I think it's always, it's just a challenge for everybody to find um, a, a better habit, you know? Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is a challenge, but I, I am a huge on education too. I like, I'm actually working on an ebook currently just to, you know, the more you empower people with the right knowledge, like with the right, you know, education yeah, yeah. I do believe that people will start making the right decision yeah. 100% yeah and so this is the question that I've been dying to ask like now it has become my staple question that I ask all designers so the story yeah. is that I'm doing I'm so I'm currently doing my master's in sustainability and I was chatting with my professor the other day and um and the other day that like last year sometime probably around uh, I don't know probably four months ago five months ago but we were trying to then come up with a, a, a topic for my studies and trying to figure out what is it that we can, can do. And her thing is, she's big on that in terms of, you know, she always wonders all, whether um, uh, designers who, you know, are, are selling sustainable collections or making sustainable collections, how's their private life? You know, she was like, don't you feel like doing something around that? Just to see, like, if they are sustainable, their collection is sustainable, how does their personal life, like, how do you eat? How do you, how do you live? How does your house look like? Are you fully sustainable or is it just the collection? <laughs> so now I'm wondering God, with you. That's a good question. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you're right. And I think for most design, I might just, you know, I'm, I'm going to speak for myself. I don't know what other designers are like. But for me, what influenced me to do it is because my lifestyle uh, was, I, I mean, not that it's sustainable. By no means are we mm. sustainable as humans at all. But, you know, I wanted my business to align with my values and mm. the way that I live life. 
And yeah, I mean, I went from Los Angeles, sold all of my, you know, material things, like those shiny things that you talk about. <laughs> and I went to live a really minimal life in Costa Rica. Mm. I mean, for me to be a designer, like a fashion designer, you know, you should see my closet. I think it could fit in one tiny box. Wow. And that is, yeah. And I mean, and even like, I don't have a car. I, my, you know, it's really minimal life. And I enjoy that. It makes me see the excess in society. Mm. And even though ironically, I'm in the business of fashion and selling product, I still like as a human being, believe that there's so much excess that we can get rid of like you know mm. fast fashion and all like no I don't abide by that and you know my closet is mostly comprised of like small brands and secondhand and my own stuff of course mm. uh, like I, I try not to use the car as much as possible I, I walk as much as possible like go grocery shopping and try to buy as best of the food I can mostly local in Costa Rica and then uh, you know I don't eat red, like I don't eat most animal products I, I still am not I mean I'm still not fully vegan but yeah. I I I try not to that's yeah. 100% like I definitely don't do meat or chicken or any of that just try to yeah I, I try I try to live as sustainable as possible that's definitely a thing yeah I think uh travel would be the only thing that I'm like oh I don't know if I can limit so much you know but I like I've already shed so much of my life that that's one thing that I still haven't been able to do yeah and I mean I'm a true believer that you know and I think that's what uh, with Faura that's what we try and do I'm a true believer of you just need to find your corner and do that corner very well you know it doesn't have to be fully like hundred percent because that's also not sustainable you know um and that's also not realistic you know yeah yeah i can't i mean it's so difficult to be a hundred percent sustainable like i can't like there's i mean i don't want to say extremes it's beautiful to see like zero waste human beings yeah and that is such a challenge but wow like we only i only strive to be as sustainable as possible like, yeah i can't say 100 yeah oh my gosh thank you so much diana this was so much fun like thank you thank you thank you like i really enjoyed the chat yeah thank you anything i'm always here yeah okay enjoy your hot weather while we um <laughs> cover ourselves i'm sure you just thought why is she wearing that but yeah oh, <laughs> because it's freezing yeah it's, I, I mean i was outside it was it's beautiful out there enjoy um south africa hopefully soon enough you'll all be able to come out of being inside and whatnot yeah me too i hope Hopefully, fingers crossed, COVID is kind to us and next year is just like a much better year. And yeah, and all of us, we can start traveling again. Exactly. I I agree with you. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Keep well. Take care. And that's it. That is Diana, the beautiful Diana. That was amazing. I really, really enjoyed that conversation. It's amazing how you can um connect with someone online and but yet feel like they're just like right next to you 
really really enjoyed it thank you so much diana we'll put all the details for nice swimmer brand um, attached to this episode um and you can just go have a visit and see um all the collection that we've just been um talking about you're going to love it it just makes you want to be on holiday forever i think it's just really really beautiful um and yeah and till next episode don't forget to rate us i would really really appreciate um your comments and your feedback and um, keep safe till next time cheerio